Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Uh, last night in Memphis, the Grizzlies went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs all over Golden State, crushed them, had a blast doing it. Steph Curry even marveled at the crowd last night. Fourth quarter, obviously, uh, crowd's getting excited playing Whoop That Trick. Your comments earlier about <laughs> that was your mindset coming into this game. What was your kind of reaction as all that was going on? Draymond's waving his towel as well. It's the best. That's what this whole uh, back and forth is about in terms of home court advantage and you know hostile crowds and you embrace. Oops, oops, I clicked it. I'm sorry, I blew it. Let me try that again. Fourth quarter, obviously. Uh, Amateur. excited playing Whoop That Trick. Your comments earlier about that was your mindset coming into this game. What was your kind of reaction as all that was going on? Draymond's waving his towel as well. It's the best. That's what this whole uh, back and forth is about in terms of home court advantage and, you know, hostile crowds and you embrace all of that. Like, it's it's fun. Even when you're getting smacked, you got to find some fun in it. So, obviously, it didn't pan out the way we wanted to. Still in control of the series, but got to understand it's going to be really hard to, you know, close out this team because they're a really good team. And if we need any more reminder of that, we got it today. Well, that is quite an introduction to Rob Fisher. He's like, who are these idiots? They can't even play their clips without cutting them off. What a moron. Well, that's me. Uh, I'm the dumb one on the group, but we do have uh, two other smart guys, so hopefully he'll be okay with hanging out with us. Rob Fisher works on the Grizzlies broadcast, among other things, and he is, uh, he's is—he's been kind enough to join us on short notice to talk a little bit about last night and the NBA playoffs at large. Rob, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. We're not morning. normally that incompetent. But sometimes we are. Yeah, that's a good point, Wes. I guess sometimes we are. So last hey, night. No, no problems. I understand. I understand. I, I wasn't there last night. Coach Musselman and Danielle were in the house. So I don't know if you saw Coach Muss over there last yeah. night. But uh, that was. I did. I did. It was great. It's always great to see him back at FedEx Forum, the former uh, Grizzlies assistant coach and uh, got to spend a lot of time with him when he was the Grizzlies assistant coach so always good to see him back in the building. I did not get to come last night but I have been to playoff games in Memphis. I came to a, a regular season game this year earlier as well when they played Dallas. How would you rate last night's atmosphere comparatively to other playoff games? It, well it, it was it was great and the good thing was the start that the Grizzlies had. I mean I, I think all the fans come in a little nervous. What you know you're down 3-1. Uh, and and you, you you had game four and had that opportunity and you blow that opportunity. So I, I think, you know, you're a little tense coming in and wondering how the game starts. The crowd was actually a little later arriving than what we've seen so far this postseason. So I don't, I don't think anybody was in that rush to get in their seats. So at the beginning of the game, it was like, all right, how's this going to go? And then the Grizzlies start knocking down shots. They get an alley-oop dunk. They hit a three. They get a 10-point lead, and the place is bananas. And uh, to be able to play with that lead throughout the night and never relinquish that lead, the crowd was in the game uh, virtually the whole game uh, until the fourth quarter, and they tried to muster up a little energy in the fourth, but that was pretty difficult with the game already in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it was a, it, it was a terrific atmosphere. It, it, I, I don't know where I'd rate it among, you know, what we've seen, because I think every time we see it, we feel like that's the best it's ever been. But it was uh, it was pretty electric in FedEx form last night. Yeah, it's a great experience, and there's no question. We're talking to Rob Fisher on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline if you're just tuning in. And this is a team that a lot of people wrote off when Jaw went down, and we saw during the regular season they can perform at a very high level even without one of the top, you know, most exciting players in the league. 
How, how does this happen without Jaw? How do they perform so well? I mean, they were very competitive at Golden State in the game before as well. Uh, well, I go back to when Jaw was injured early in the season in Atlanta back in November. And, you know, there were expectations on this team this year, and, and that was new for this group. And uh, Jaw went down. You knew he'd be out a significant amount of time. And Taylor Jenkins was asked, what do you tell your, your team? You know, you're without your leader. You're without your, your all-star player. What do you tell the team? And he said, I told them all, do what you do. Don't try to do more. Just try to do better. And I think that's what they did. I, I, I think they figured out early how do they have to win without John Morant. And, and it's pretty clear. I mean, you, you have to have amazing defensive effort and have an amazing defensive performance. You have to execute defensively. That's where it has to start. And then offensively, you've got to move the ball a lot better. And you've got to rebound more. And, and, and I think that each individual on the team figured out their role in doing that and being able to win without John. It was a true testament throughout the season of the Grizzlies' depth that they were able to have such a good record when Ja wasn't in the lineup. Um, but, you know, obviously you, you look at a game like game four and Golden State had a closer, the Grizzlies did not. Well, that, that's where you miss Ja. He's your mm-hmm. best player and he's the closer for you. A game like last night, yeah, you could say the Grizzlies didn't need Ja. Well, they didn't need a lot of people last night because of the way they dismantled Golden State. But it's just a, I, I, I think it's a, it, it's a mental thing uh, that, that these guys, truly grasp what needs to be done when Jaws not on the floor, and they've just been able to execute it. I mean, they're a good team. They were the number two team in the league for a reason, and that's 25 games without Jaws this year. Yeah, you know, and I want to follow up on that, Rob. You took me right where I was going next anyway, which it seems like, at least for our listeners and for even some people around here that work here and, and cover and watch the NBA closely, it was Memphis had a great record, but. Yeah, Jaws great, but. I don't think anybody really considered them necessarily a contender, even though the performance through the season was there and you've got an electrifying player in Jaw and some really nice complimentary pieces. Why do you think that is? Well, I'm with you. I mean, midway through the season, you know, people were asking me, are the Grizzlies a contender? And it was, I was just kind of nervous to throw that word out there. But then at the end of the year, you know, and I think most of it just had to be with the fact that, you know, the Grizzlies were expected to take a step this year. Uh, they were in the play-in last year, won a spot in the uh, won a spot into the playoffs. Um, this year, you know, I, I, my goal coming into the season was win the division. I think that puts you clearly in the top six, and then you don't have to play in the play-in. But to do what they did, I, it was just such a giant leap that I think most people believe they just weren't ready. They haven't been battle-tested enough. They don't have enough scar tissue. Hmm. They just haven't been through that grind of the postseason. They're the youngest team in the league. I mean, all of those things, I think, were valid excuses of why the Grizzlies couldn't do it. But as the season went on and the Grizzlies are number two in the league, I had to say, well, I mean, when you're the second-best record in the league, you have to be considered a contender. For me, with the Grizzlies this season and for the future, my feeling is, you ask me, are they a contender this year? I think they have to be just because of what they proved in the regular season and where they are right now in the postseason. But if you ask me, are they a contender in the next five years? My answer is absolutely 100% yes. And that's what's exciting about this team. And, and uh, it, it's amazing that where they're at right now, and you think, 
you know, this is an opportunity, and it's an opportunity you don't want to look back on and say, boy, we wasted that opportunity. It might have been our best chance. Yeah, they seem like maybe for a lot of people they're a year or two ahead of schedule maybe, so that may be part of it. But talking to Rob Fisher on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, again, part of the Memphis Grizzlies broadcast. I've not watched every game start to finish, but I've seen some of the other games. It seemed like to me at the beginning, and certainly you, you talked about the defensive effort, that they were, I don't know if it was a concerted effort, but whoever was guarding Curry was really, really physical with him. And Wes made a great point earlier that you can get away with some of that maybe more at home than you can if you're out of Golden State. Is that a stated goal, is to kind of make him uncomfortable? Because he did not look real comfortable most of the night to me. Well, yeah, in in this series when Dylan Brooks has been on Steph Curry, that's been the case. Uh, The one game Dylan Brooks was suspended for, uh, Golden State won that game and, and blew out the Grizzlies. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, the way Golden State played that night, I, I don't know if Dylan Brooks makes you know the difference between a win and a loss, but certainly he is he's infectious defensively. Mm-hmm. His intensity defensively usually leads to the other guys kind of stepping up their defensive intensity as well. And he just tries to make it difficult on Curry. I think he's done a great job of making Curry drive to the basket more than he wants to which means Curry usually is going to pass it out unless he's got a clear lane to the basket. But Dylan's made it very difficult for him, and he hasn't, you know, he, he's made every shot tough. And that's all you can ask for. Right. And Steph's still going to knock him down. He's still going to make a share of him. He can still go for 30 when you have a good defensive night against them. He just hasn't in this series. And I think one of the big keys, other than in game four, uh, when he finished down the stretch and was amazing, uh, he hasn't been to the foul line a lot either. So, um, Grizzlies have done a great job on Curry. I think they've done a good job switching. They've done a good job on the clay. That's how they have to win this series. You look at all the games the Grizzlies have won, and Golden State's right there at 100, 100 points. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, Golden State gets up to 120. Well, you're going to have to outscore them, and the Grizzlies right now, especially without job, they don't have that ability. Yeah. So it's got to start with defense. Can't expect them to score 135 every night out, I guess, at least. So it's no. it's a tall no. order. Well, yeah, one of the things about Brooks that stood out to me last night, and I was I was not drinking, so I think I remember this clearly, but they were going to a, there was a timeout dead ball, and he walked over. He was walking to his bench, and they there was I think the ball was loose, maybe or I wonder. He kind of knocked it away from from Curry, and Curry kind of looked annoyed, and then he did not divert from his path, and they kind of rubbed shoulders. And you're not going to intimidate Steph Curry at this point, but I think it was a good sign of hey. We're not backing down from you dudes. I know we're shorthanded, but I like the attitude. It definitely uh, it fit with the theme of the night for sure. So that's just a little it, thing. It, it, yeah, it's, it, and it's been that attitude all season long. I mean, even when you have the head coach of a professional sports franchise who says, we've lost our swag, I mean, that's, that's what they believe in. They believe mm-hmm. playing with swagger and having that swag and having that confidence. I mean, there was a, a Desmond Bain up to LeBron James earlier this year and told him to his face. He said, you know, your footsteps, I, I don't hear him anymore. <laughs> and it's like, wow, all right. I mean, who are you to say that to LeBron James? But, you know, the Grizzlies, they, they play with a confidence and they play with a swagger, and when they do, they're really good. I think you may have answered my question, but the Grizz have been underdogs 37 times this year. They have won outright 21 of those games. Is yeah. that the swagger? Is that why, even though they may be the underdog, they still find a way to win? They love being the underdog. And, you know, it, it was it was kind of interesting against Minnesota. Uh, they were the favorite, and Minnesota gave them all they could handle. And it was, it was interesting watching the team kind of deal with that because this team, they thrive. You know, Memphis thrives on being 
the 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 little underdog and, and no one believes in us and and so the Grizzlies it always seem to take that sort of mentality themselves and you know you got a John Morant who wasn't recruited out of high school and went to Murray State and, and is now one of the best players in the league you got a Desmond Bain from TCU the team's passed on him in the draft and he's been unbelievable for the Grizzlies uh, Dylan Brooks should have been a first-round pick. He ends up going to the second Grizzlies trade-up to get him. He's got a chip on his shoulder. You, you go up and down the lineup of every guy on this team, and they have some sort of chip on their shoulder, and they use it to motivate them. And I think it's something that brings them together and why this team is so close, both on and off the floor. How do you feel about going, going out to Golden State for the next game? It's going to be tough. Um, You know, this series, Golden State's had a blowout win. The Grizzlies had a blowout win. But the other three have come down to the last 30 seconds of the game. I expect it to be a good game. I expect it to come down to the last 30 seconds of the game. So if you're on the road and you're in the last minute and you have a chance to win, that's exactly where you want to be. And you can't ask for more. You're just going to have to close it out. I I expect it to be a good one. The team that can close will win. And uh, that to me, that gives the Grizzlies an excellent chance of bringing it back for Game Seven at FedEx Forum. And if you want to talk about an electric crowd, that that would be an amazing night on Monday night. So hopefully the Grizzlies, Grizzlies can make it happen. I think I think the effort will be there, the resilience will be there. It's just a matter of uh, which team executes better. Talking to Rob Fisher on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline again. He works on the Memphis Grizzlies broadcast. We'll talk to him a little bit more about his uh, career in just a second. I have to ask, Rob, and this sounds really funny from me asking you about this, but uh, the song Whoop That Trick has become kind of an anthem, I think, for Memphis. And even the as we heard from the clip from, from Curry, those guys are even getting into it. And I, the only thing I would say is it just seems in 2022 a little bit of an odd thought process or, or song, I guess, to, to catch on as an anthem. You know, 25 years ago, okay, but it just seemed kind of odd to me. I don't know. Um you know, and and I realize they're kind of using it as a as a uh, us against the world kind of mentality. It sort of uh, sums that up, and I get I get where it's coming from. But I mean, I don't care. It doesn't offend me at all. But I just thought it was kind of an odd thing to catch on. Well, it's from the movie Hustle and Flow, right? In uh, in that that movie was made in Memphis. Um, it's about Memphis and the music in Memphis, and it, it so it's got a it's got a big you know, history with the city and a great connection with the city. And while the words whoop that trick come across as very offensive, the movie reference isn't what it comes across as. Um, It's basically just beat their ass. I mean, that's that's what it is. And because because it's the Memphis movie, because the, the, the performer who performs that song is a Memphis rapper, it's just, it's, it just happened one time. It, it just happened. They played it. The crowd got into it. it I mean, you have 17,000 people who were screaming, whoop that trick. I'll never forget the first series that it happened was against the Los Angeles Clippers, and I'm standing in the tunnel because the Grizzlies were about to win, and I was going to do a walk-off interview, and I was sitting there with Rebecca Harlow from TNT. She was about to do an interview as well, and she just started looking around the arena like in awe and in amazement, and she just looked at me and she said, are they saying, and I said, whoop that trick, and she said, yes. I said, yes, they are. She was like, this is the most unbelievable place for playoff basketball because it's so unique that things happen that you just kind of look at it, and it's like we sit there and just say, this is Memphis. This is us. And, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of become our anthem, and 
it's funny. I'm getting text messages from my 80 year old mother in mm. St. Louis every night. She's like, "Hey, beat that trick!" And I'm like, "Yeah, go beat it." <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great. It, it's it's funny, and uh, and I love that they don't overuse it. It's used mm-hmm. at the right time. It's the right situation, and when it comes, the place just erupts. Well, the fact that you can explain the background on it, and it will make sense to people, I hope, and obviously it's been explained well enough that Memphis and, and the administration feel good enough continuing to use it as sort of an yeah. anthem, I think is cool, because in 22, that's another thing we don't allow people to do. It's like, I don't really care where you're coming from. I just find it offensive, so I'm going to be mad about it, and then you're not going to be able to do it again. So I think it's cool that it's uh, it's past muster, so to speak, from the folks upstairs. That's, that's good to see. Let me ask. Yeah, and I love that. I love that Steph Curry called it out. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's fun uh, winning the playoffs around. You know, when guys, you know, you, you take the other team's thing, and then all the fans and members are like, "Oh, you better not be saying that." Right. You know, the Minnesota DJ in in one of the games in Minnesota, the DJ was ready to play whoop that trick at the game, and the Grizzlies went on a run and came back from twenty six down to beat them. Oh, and I good. mean, it was like, "Yeah, you better not play our music. That's our that's our anthem. Leave that one alone." That's hilarious. Uh, let me ask you about the rest of the playoffs, if I could, and we'll start. We'll stay in the West for a second, and obviously Dallas is on the brink of elimination. We feel like they've got a decent shot to knock off the Suns. That's become a nice little—I uh, don't know if it's a, not a rivalry, it's probably not the right word—but it's been a little chippy. I mean, there's intense. clear, yeah, it's been intense. That's a good way yeah. to say it, Wes. Uh, it's been fun to watch so far. What do you think about the rest of the playoffs? Let's just stay in the West for now. Uh, the teams that are left over there. I've been surprised with Dallas. I mean, I, I think Phoenix is such a machine, and they're so deep. And I thought that's where they would really expose Dallas is the depth of the Mavericks. But, you know, Luka's just been incredible uh, all season, and he's doing it again now in the playoffs and giving them a chance. And, and the other guy, Brunson's been great, and, and the other guy's fitting into their roles. And um, I, I've been impressed with them in this series. You know, I, I wouldn't count them out uh, in game six. To, to send it to a game seven, and then you know, game sevens, anything can happen, mm-hmm. and 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 so I I think that'd be great if Dallas can do that. Um, but you know, much like this series with the Grizzlies and the Warriors, I I don't I think you'll get Phoenix's best tonight against the Mavericks. I I think you'll you'll see the best Chris Paul, and Dallas is going to have to play their best game to win, and I think Phoenix will bring it. So. You know, it, 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 I, I think tonight's game really could go either way. I'm rooting for Dallas to keep that series going as long as possible because I love watching uh, free basketball and more basketball in game seven. Uh, but, yeah, I, Dallas just surprised me. I just think Phoenix is too good at the end of the day that they'll be able to close out this series at some point. If it's not tonight, it'll be game seven. I don't know how much you've gotten a chance to watch the East and specifically Milwaukee. We're very excited for Bobby Portis who yep. had a uh, huge play last night and really has has been extremely productive in the playoffs so far. And he's been a walking double-double most of the time. Um, how much have you seen of him? What do you think of the Bucks' chances of getting through? Unfortunately, they play the same night that we play. We're on the same schedule as them, so they're right. always playing before us. So I haven't been able to watch as much of that series as I've wanted to because I went in thinking it'd be a great series. And, uh, Milwaukee's just showing, you know, that they're defending NBA champs. I mean, I, I thought going into the playoffs, Boston had a great chance in the series. They were playing as well as anyone in the league. Um, their defense is as good as anyone in the league. And come playoff time, I mean, that's where you you know your bread is buttered is 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 on the defensive side. So I liked Boston. I thought it'd be a seven game series. 
but Milwaukee just has impressed me again. I mean, from the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago until today, they're playing like a championship team. And uh, they're doing it again right now against Boston. They've been so impressive. And, uh, yeah, I'd take my pick back. I I think I'd go Milwaukee there with two chances to close it out, and one of them being at home. Boston, it's going to be tough to win in Boston. That place is going to be amazing. But I think Milwaukee will take care of it. We have really enjoyed carrying the Grizzlies games on our, uh, I guess our, I don't want to call our sister, I guess we call our little brother station, 106.7 this year. So we just started that association. It was a pretty darn good year to do it. They've had an awfully good run so far. But uh, just want to get a little background on you for our listeners who are not familiar with your work. And I was reading a story uh, about you earlier today that you are, whether it's uh, by choice or, you know, uh, forced into action, a, a kind of a jack of all trades. And you've done about everything on the broadcast this year, right? Or the last couple it, of years, it, at least. Yeah, it's been a it's been a weird year. Uh, you know, a weird year for everybody with with COVID protocols and, and things of that nature. I mean, we've seen it on the floor where you know guys have been out and the next man up, and we had the same situation throughout our broadcast team. There was a there was a seven day period. Well, there was a four game stretch that I did four different jobs. <laughs> um, the first game I filled in and did radio play-by-play, and I did that for two games. Uh, it was right after Christmas in Sacramento and in Phoenix. And, uh, and Then the third game I did my regular job where I'm the pre- and post-game host on television, and then during the game I do sidelines uh, during the game. Uh, so I got to do that in the third game. And then the fourth game, uh, our television analyst, Brevin Knight, uh, he was sick. So I filled in for him, and I did TV analysis, you know, with my deep background of my playing career, which (laughs) at St. George's grade school in St. Louis. And then uh, I got cut my freshman year in high school, and I'm doing analysis for an NBA broadcast. So that was an experience. Uh, And then our play-by-play guy got sick on television, so I did three games of TV play-by-play. So in a two-week period, it uh, it was a whirlwind. But it was fun. It was a, it was a fun experience to be able to do all those things. And uh, my my dream as a kid was to do play by play. So to be able to do that was was great. And we won every game that I did. So it was uh, that was icing on the cake. It was uh, it was an interesting couple of weeks. And and it's definitely been an exciting year with the way this team has played. Yeah, no question. We'll keep it rolling. Uh, keep whooping that trick, and uh, we'll catch you <laughs> hopefully again before the end of the season. And uh, even if Memphis gets bounced, maybe we can pick your brain about some of the other things going on in the NBA playoffs. Absolutely. Anytime, folks. Rob, great stuff. Thank you, man. Thank I appreciate you. you. You got it. All right, Rob Fisher from uh, the Memphis Grizzlies broadcast.